Welcome to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast with Darren Mitchell. If you're a sales letter looking to take your leadership to a whole new level, then this is the podcast for you. We'll be exploring tips, techniques, and strategies to help you take your leadership to the exceptional level and allow you to enjoy more money, more meaning, and better sales results. Sales is not a dirty word. Irrespective of what some people will say, and it does sound a little bit like an ACDC song, but no, sales is not a dirty word. Hello and welcome back. This is Darren Mitchell, and you're listening to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. So glad you could be with me today. Now, question for you. Who loves sales? Now, I'm talking to a group of people who are obviously in sales or have access to sales, have been in sales, are sales leaders, etc. So probably a mute question and a ridiculous question to ask because the obvious response to that is, of course, I love sales. If I didn't love sales, I wouldn't be in it. But uh, interesting question, though, because I was having some conversations this week with some people within some clients of mine who were having some challenges around this word of sales and it was causing some blockages, causing some challenges. And so I asked them, what do you think about when you think of the term sales? And it's interesting that they came up with all these different um, expectations, ideas, uh, perceptions, uh, and really projections on what they thought sales was. And really, when 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 it's all said and done, it's not a dirty word, right? Why is it? that so many people, though, tend to turn their nose up at the word sales. Now, I go back to you know years and years ago before I even got into sales. Uh, I used to work with a group of people who we used to work uh, in conjunction with a sales team. So we were supporting the sales team. So um, almost like a, like a business manager type role. And some of the people there had so much capability in terms of moving into sales because they could build relationships. They could build trust with customers. And it would have been just a natural evolution for them to move into sales. But for whatever reason, they stopped themselves from doing that because of this connotation they had around the word sales. Oh, I don't want to be going and push things and uh, pushing products and pushing services on people that don't want them. Uh, it's just not me. You have to have a certain personality. You have to be extroverted. Uh, you have to have a huge ego, all that sort of stuff. You have to be driven by money to be in sales. And it was interesting, all these type of perceptions that were coming up where in actual fact, uh, some of the best salespeople that I know, some of the best salespeople that I've certainly worked with are not extroverted. In fact, many of the best salespeople I've worked with are really, really introverted, but they're really good at being able to build relationships and really good at building trust. And many of them, interestingly, and this has been backed up by a lot of, uh, a lot of research, that a lot of salespeople are not driven by money. They're driven by other things. Money is a byproduct and money can be great as a scoreboard to tell you how well you're going and to keep keep track of how well you're going. But essentially, it's not a, not a motivator for many, many salespeople in terms of why they do what they do. So I wanted to record this because uh, it's you're probably having some challenges with some of your people right now in in your team in terms of you know coming across as being salesy or pitchy or you know how do we get this sales connotation or this sales perception uh, away from being this thing that it's a, a dirty thing that you shouldn't be doing it because it's actually one of if one of the oldest if not the oldest profession on the planet and when you think about it sales is what the make, make the makes the world go around every single day sales are being made whether that be transactions of products transactions of services or transactions of ideas and so whether we like it or not everybody sells everybody sells every single person on the planet is a salesperson, right? Now, if you're in a relationship, one of you at some point got sold. And in some cases, both of you got sold. 
if you're in a, if you're in an organization where you're having to influence people, you're in a sales role. You know, it doesn't have to necessarily have commission attached and financial rewards attached to it. If you're in any role where you need to influence somebody to do something, you are in a sales role. It's just not called a sales role. So one of the things we need to get away from is this this term that's um, that's a lot of people have this icky term, or oh, I don't want to be pushing or peddling a product that that nobody wants, and I don't want to I don't want to push people, and I don't wanna, I don't want to get no's. I don't want to deal with rejection and all that all that sort of. It's just it just leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Well. Here's, here's reality. There are people out there who are very, very successful in, in sales, and there's also people out there who are not successful in sales. Now, it comes down to how you approach it and what you think about in terms of sales. Now, if you've had experiences with, uh, hey, whether it's been buying a car, buying a piece of real estate, uh, buying telecommunication services, whatever the case might be, I guarantee you'll have some experiences where you've had some great experiences with salespeople where they've really helped you, and you've got a great outcome. Uh, you've got a great product at what you consider to be a valuable, uh, a valuable transaction, a great price, great service, all that sort of stuff. And there'll be other cases where you've had not so great experiences where no matter what you said, the person just didn't listen and they were looking for another angle. Now, this is where a lot of the connotations around sales comes into because, hey, and telemarketing is a prime example. And I got my hands up in the air. I used to be a telemarketer many, many years ago. Uh, and a lot of them are taught to follow scripts. So when a when a customer or potential customer says this, this is what you say, right? So it's always a case of their their mentality or the company's mentality is if you've got a live potential customer on the phone, then you need to do everything you possibly can to close that deal, to get that sale, to get the number. So therefore, the focus is on the sale. The focus is not necessarily on providing an experience. That means that the sale is a natural evolution of that experience. And this is where a lot of people get hung up on it because it's not a case of peddling something to somebody that they don't want, nor is it that they something something they don't need. It's actually looking for, is there a match between what I have to offer and what you need? And if there is, hey, let's just have a conversation and see where it, lead, see where it leads. And this is the whole thing. So when I was having a conversation this week with some people in one of my clients, uh, we actually, I actually took them through this process and reminded them that at some point, they've been a really, really successful salesperson, whether it be selling an idea, whether it be selling themselves into a, into a particular role in a, in a company, uh, or if, if selling a product or a service in the organization that they are representing right now. So you just have to, we just have to take this connotation of sales being icky away and replace it with, because it comes down to mindset and how you look at this. What if you actually looked at it like this? And I use this a lot, and I and I say this with I say this with conviction because I firmly believe this. What if sales was actually the ultimate form of service? Now, what do you think when you when you hear that? The ultimate form of service. Hmm. Interesting. Because when you look at it, that is exactly what sales is. It's not about peddling something that somebody doesn't want. It's about identifying your ideal customer, identifying is there a problem they need to solve, and providing a solution to that problem. It's as simple as that. Now, this is where a lot of people get that caught up, and, and I see a lot of uh, sales trainers in particular running all these sales techniques about you know do this and this is the strategy to do this and entice this customer to do that, and all these different closing techniques and overcome these objections and all that sort of stuff. That's all well and good in terms of tactical stuff, but it needs to start with a mindset of, you know what, sales is actually a level of service. What am I actually here to do? So if you were to describe your team right now as a sales team, what are they there to do? Are they there to sell your product, sell your service, or 
Are they there to solve problems and create value for the marketplace that you're focused on? Now, the answer to those questions creates a completely different persona and a completely different mindset when it comes to selling and providing solutions to your customers. One of the things that I was always uh, focused on with uh, with our with our sales teams uh, back in the day was not so much um, not so much trying to flog a certain product. Although sometimes our marketing department would say, "Hey, we've got a." Uh, We've got a special on this piece of hardware. Go out and talk to your customers and we'll give them a 5% discount or a 10% rebate, whatever the case might be at the time, as an incentive to get people to go and flog a particular product. Now, sometimes when that happens, customers are not stupid either. They they can smell something when it's coming and it's not necessarily a, um, a nice smell. So it's uh, we've got to be really careful and really conscious of what is it that we're actually trying to do. So here's here's my take on this whole thing. This is what I explained to the, uh, to the clients this week. When it comes to sales, if sales was the ultimate form of service, what is the process that we go through at a really high level that enables us to you know, be successful as an organization, as an individual, as a company? Um, and the first thing is, well, first of all, uh, you've got to identify the, the marketplace, the, the clients, your ideal clients. So before you do anything, you've got to identify who is the marketplace, who are the people, who are the organizations that your product, your service, would ideally suit that the, you, these are some of the problems you can solve for that particular marketplace. So as an example, if you went onto my LinkedIn profile, you'll very quickly understand within the first five seconds as to what I'm focused on, right? Sales leadership, yes, I'm the host of the Exceptional Sales Leader Podcast, sales leadership development, sales leadership coaching, sales leadership uh, uh, facilitation, sales leadership mentoring, all that sort of stuff, right? So my, my focus is on helping sales leaders and their teams uh, first of all, sales leader become exceptional, and secondly, help those teams develop results that become exceptional but also sustainable over a period of time, which means there's a certain number of behaviors and certain things they need to do to build some rhythm around that so they can actually have a platform for that sustainability to actually happen. So I don't work with accountants, so there's no point in me <laughs> unless the accountant needs a salesperson or an organization needs some sort of selling and some sort of leadership, I might consider it, but I don't go and market to, to accountants, right? So there's no point in me going to sell something to an accountant because I'm talking to the wrong person. And this is where a lot of people make the mistake. They think, I've got, to, I've got to sell my product to absolutely everybody, and you don't. The first thing, therefore, is to look at what is your, what is your ideal market? Who is the ideal customer that would be a perfect fit for the product or the service that you provide? And that's the first step. Then the second step is, okay, what is the problem that that particular customer or potential customer, or what is the a standard problem or a common problem that people within that particular industry that you're focused on actually have. So if you can actually look at that problem, what is the problem? Now, in the case in the area that I work, a lot of the a lot of the issues that I find is a lot of leaders don't necessarily have the tools, the frameworks, the strategies, the thinking to make a transition from an individual contributor into a leadership role, but also if you've been in a leadership role for a while, not everybody gets the benefit of mentoring or coaching or frameworks to help you become successful. So get the habits in place so you can become sustainably successful. So that's what I do. I work with them to help with their mindset, help with their strategies, help with their thinking so that they can get those results that become sustainable. Now, if I didn't do that, then there's no point talking to that particular industry. But I do. So that's exactly what I do. So what is the problem that you actually solve? Now, if you can then identify that problem, and here's the thing, when you start to have conversations with people, and if you can articulate the problem that they might be experiencing or a problem that the industry is experiencing, and if you can articulate that really well, sometimes better than they can articulate it themselves, then what's going to happen is in their brain, 
psychologically, they're going to be thinking to themselves, oh, this person potentially has a solution to the problem. So what happens is they start leaning forward and there's a level of interest that starts to get generated that might be leading to a potential interaction with you and your organization. So it's the articulation of a problem. Now, once you've done that, you're then in a position to potentially, and this is the decision you have to make, potentially share or identify what a solution is and then make the decision as to whether you'll share that solution to that particular uh, customer or potential customer because you've also got to make a a, a decision is this the type of customer that I would enjoy to work with right so could we could we see ourselves having having a sit down over a coffee and not talking about business but just just enjoying each other's company if you can think about that then hey chances are you you want to build a relationship with this particular person and it may then lead to a sale but the thing that remember this is where sales becomes the ultimate form of service is if you've done all those steps really well identified the problem articulated that problem identified a possible solution, then you'd be doing them a huge disservice if you did not share what the solution is to their particular problem. And then you'd be doing a disservice if you didn't ask them whether they would like to look at that further, have have a conversation or move forward onto the next step. And this is where a lot of people fall down. They think, oh my God, nobody's nobody's interested in what I've got to I've got to offer. I'm hoping that people just ring me or they'll come to me. Well, it doesn't work like that because one of my mentors always used to say, and they still do say, nobody's going to be interested until you ask them, right? Now, it's rare. Sometimes you'll catch lightning in a bottle because it just so happens that people might, might have been watching you and, and looking at you from afar and they know they've done their due diligence. And let's be honest, a lot of buyers today, particularly in the B2B space, in the corporate space, they do a lot of research with their vendors and they know typically who they want to deal with before they start to have an interaction with that particular vendor or that particular representative of that vendor. So they'll do a lot more research. But it's going to be rare that a an organization is going to approach you. It does happen. And this is why sales, a lot of people don't like sales because it means there's a lot of outbound work. And yes, you might have heard the term that sales is the numbers game and all that sort of stuff. And yes, it is. But sales is changing. Sales is now becoming more of a social thing because it's no longer just peddling a product and trying to get a transaction. It's about offering content, educating your customers, educating your marketplace, providing some information, so building up a level of familiarity so that people get a sense of, well, I'm starting to get to know this person because at the end of the day, people want to do business with people who they know, who they like, and therefore who they trust. And as salespeople and as sales leaders, we are obligated to create an environment where we're continuing to educate our marketplace. We are continuing to reach out and offer them potential solutions to problems that we see in the marketplace. And there'll be a certain percentage of those people who would like to have a conversation. There'll be a lot of percentages, a lot of people that don't want to have the conversation. And it simply means that it's not something on the top of their mind right now. It doesn't necessarily mean no forever. It just means no right now. And hey, as salespeople, we have to go through the no's in order to get to the yeses. So no is a part of the part of the game. So the upshot of all of this is sales is not a dirty word. And the conversation, the way I left it this week with uh, with the people in this client was, you know what, you guys, we need we need to do the work. We have we have to go through the numbers and we have to ask the question. Right? Now if people come back to us and say yes or no, great. All it means is they say yes or no. Yes could be, well, we're gonna have a conversation and see where it leads to. No means well it's not necessarily no forever, it's just no right now. So we'll keep building the relationship and we'll keep in contact, we'll keep nurturing that because situations may change. 
you only want to do business with people who are ready and you only want to do business with people who have a genuine problem who you believe you can solve that problem for. Now, if that happens, then it's a natural evolution that if you share a solution to that and ask them would they like to go forward, it's just a natural evolution that there'll be a certain percentage of people that do move forward and you'll build a relationship. But here's one thing I want to leave you with, and this is something that I've used a lot, and uh, I remember doing this many, many years ago as well with my sales team, that the sale actually happens, the real sale really happens after the sale is made. And so this is where a lot of the issues come from in, in relation to sales. A lot of uh, salespeople, particularly uh, hunters, business development people, they'll be building relationships and being all over people until they get the sale. And sometimes, well, in a lot of cases actually, not sometimes, in a lot of cases based on my experience, is these people will just simply leave and move on to the next uh, next client. Now, unless there's a really good handover of the organization, so the experience for the customer is seamless, uh, this is where a lot of the uh, bad taste that can be left in people's mouth in relation to sales. So the sale actually begins once the sale is made, which means we've done all this work up front, we've built the relationships, uh, and this is where trust comes into it. Can we still be trusted? Will we still be there once the sale is made? So if the customer feels, well, I've made the transaction, I've now given them money, I've given them their, my, my business, are they gonna be there post the sale to be supportive of me? Are they gonna support me moving forward? And that's the big thing in relation to sales. So whatever you're doing with your team right now, if you've got a team of business development managers and you've got a handover process, then please make sure the handover process is really rigid and it provides a seamless experience to the customer because the last thing you want to do is actually butter up, in quote, quote unquote, your customer to get them to the point where they're signing on the dotted line, purchasing a product or purchasing your service, and then the, the level of service, the level of attention that you give them post the sale significantly gets downgraded and that's not what we want and that's when sales does become a dirty word. So trust that message resonates. Sales is actually a good thing uh, and a profession to be really proud of to be part of. So that's, uh, that's the message for today. Sales is not a dirty word and of course if you are a sales leader uh, or if you're an aspiring sales leader and you'd like to uh, some assistance to and some mentoring to get your sales leadership to an exceptional level in a really quick period of time, let's uh, let's work together one-on-one. Let's have a conversation about what that looks like. Go to my calendar, leadwithdarren.com, pick a time, and we'll have a conversation. And hey, I'm ready to work as early as next week. So if you're ready to go, let's jump on and let's get into it. So uh, with that, have a phenomenal finish to the week. And I look forward to talking to you on the very next episode of the Exceptional Sales Leader Podcast. All the best. Thank you for listening to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. I trust the information in this episode has been helpful in your journey towards becoming exceptional. And remember, please take the time to rate the show, subscribe to the show so other people can find it. But also, if I can help you, jump on my calendar, go to leadwithdarren.com and let's have a conversation about how I can help you along your journey to being exceptional.